Being able to raise kids with confidence in their abilities and the fortitude they need to succeed while providing a loving atmosphere at home is becoming more and more crucial and increasingly more difficult, especially when you are trying to create something different from what you knew as a kid. My name is Wanda Howard, and I am the founder of Traditions of Truth and host of Successful Parenting Podcast. I am here to show you the real keys to having success as a parent, where God is in the details so you can create the future you dream of and the home environment you love. Welcome back, everybody, to the Successful Parents Podcast. I've been so excited for today because we have a guest, Lasana Murphy, and I have been so excited because she has a unique perspective. Um, She has been able to do ads management for Facebook and be able to really utilize her expertise and her area of understanding for her people and create um, just content that really speaks their messaging and the way that they want it to be presented. So I've been really excited about hearing more about what she does, as well as her unique perspective with all that happened with COVID and everything that just sent the world into a frenzy of trying to figure out what to do. And she was able to hold on with just a kind of courage that is contagious and a fortitude that we want to be able to instill in our parents or in our kids as parents. And so that's why I brought her on is I wanted her to be able to talk about how she maintained that confidence, that fortitude, that ambition in her life as she's gone and achieved her dreams and what her parents did to really help um, ignite that flame inside of her and all about her. So anyways, welcome Lasana and tell us more about yourself and what you do. Awesome. Well, Wanda, thank you so much for having me. It is seriously such a joy to be able to speak to you and to your listeners. I know that time is valuable. And so if you're taking the time to listen to this, just know that like from the bottom of my heart, I thank you and hope that it adds value to, to your world. So yeah, I'm excited to jump into the conversation today. Uh, so I, I own, I'm the owner and founder of the Midas Touch Social Advertising Agency and the host of the Marketing Matrix podcast. And so my goal is to help basically bridge analytics and human behavior for people in a meaningful way in their business to help their businesses grow and succeed. Um, for me, I, I derive so much value in helping business owners reach their dreams way faster than they think was ever possible by using social media. Um, but with that, I'm always looking to find more meaning in what I'm doing because, you know, I mean, ads themselves are not necessarily the most interesting thing on the planet. Like I know that I was not just put on earth to do Facebook ads. And so I, I have to find uh, ways to make things meaningful and connective with people because that's me. I just, I love, I love people. I love to connect with people. And so um, I, I kind of approach it in a different way like that. You know, it's not just like setting up campaigns and looking at numbers for me. It's like, what is the story behind what is happening um, behind behind your ads and why people are or are not engaging with your products or services? Yeah, I love that. And I how me and Lasana met was um, I actually heard her speaking on a different podcast, What's Working Now, and I loved what she had to say. I had never had that perspective on ads management of it really being a personal connection and how you talked about you liked it because of the people connection that was involved with it. And I thought that was such a unique perspective because 
often like for me definitely ads management and everything to do with Facebook is like just I feel like really grinding at all of the little details and it's not fun or enjoyable but when you've talked about it it was much more personable so that's really cool um and also um, share more about how it kind of fell into your lap and how you, you kind of touched on it, how ads management is not what you were put on the <laughs> face of the earth to do. So talk more about that. Yeah. So I, like I mentioned, I'm someone who always, I dry, I get a lot of value out of meaning. Um, like just a couple of days ago, I was talking to a friend who's looking for a new job and I said, you know, so tell me the kind of person you are. Are you like this? Are you the kind of person that you need to be involved in? a mission driven, a purpose orientation uh, with, with your work, or are you perfectly satisfied with just going, clocking in and clocking out? I get paid no matter what I put in my time and then I own the rest of my time. I don't think there's any right or wrong way, but for me personally, if there's not a, um, a connection to meaning, I just have a really hard time putting, putting my energy and effort to it. But what that has created for me is, a lot of going down paths and changing directions. I've done so many different things. I mean, I have I have two degrees. I'm not using either one of them right now in my profession directly. Um, I've worked in the public sector, the private sector, um, for-profit, non-profit. I've done entrepreneurship. I've worked in academia. I've done a little bit of everything as I've tried to find where my purpose and meaning is, which I think is something that is becoming more culturally important to upcoming generations, right? Um, I think that that was more rare for our parents um, and it's, and it's started with, with our generation and for um, the, the next generations that are coming up, I think it's just becoming increasingly more important to have something that is, that is meaningful. So I fall into that category. Uh, so when I started with Ad. So I was actually, I was pulled out of academia to work in marketing and I, um, I, I had never thought of myself as a marketer, but I had a friend approach me and said, Hey, there's a job that's open. I really think you should apply for it. And I literally applied for fun. And I was like two weeks away, like during the application process, I was two weeks away from submitting my PhD applications. And I had been researching for two years. Um, and I actually fell in love with the with marketing during the interview process. And I, I literally knew nothing. Like I, when they gave me the performance interview prompt, they said, create a Christmas campaign for our upcoming event and define what the primary and secondary messaging was. To me, that was Chinese at the time. I was literally like, I don't know what a campaign is. I don't know what a primary message or secondary message. So I invited one of my friends to, uh, who was a marketing emphasis with her MBA. I said, can I take you to dinner? And can you explain what the heck they want from me? <laughs> and she was, was kind enough to do so. And so because of, but because of that, I approached the interview in a very different way, right? Like my background was organizational behavior and human resource management. So I approached it from a very human dynamic, not from like a marketing campaign dynamic. And I didn't realize it, but it kind of just set me aside from the rest. And they were, the people that were interviewing me were absolutely like in love with my project. They offered me the job and I was like, oh shoot, like I was applying for fun. I literally had no idea that I, and I, and I told them straight up, I was like, I, I literally applied for this for fun. I did not know that I was actually going to get this far. 
in the interview process. And I was like, I didn't even know what the stuff meant. And, and I asked a friend for help. You know, I was like trying to like push them away, you know, like uh-huh. not for me. And they were like, that's even better. You use resources to solve problems, you know, like they were. And so anyway, needless to say, I felt impressed um, to take that job, which was very difficult because I've been working for two years to prepare to go get a PhD. Mm-hmm. And then this opportunity comes out of quote, unquote, nowhere. Right. For me, I'm a religious person. So it's clear that God was like, whoop, like this is part of your path. But to make a sudden shift was difficult for me. Sure, yeah. And, um, but I'm so grateful that I did because it was as I got into that job, I was exposed to every kind of marketing there was because I was a marketing manager. So I had every piece of marketing from print sales, um, of, of um, TV, radio spots, social media marketing, email marketing, all kinds. But I fell in love with Facebook because of the data and that you could understand where every dollar was going every minute of every day. It wasn't just like at the end of the year, you look at the PL statement, the profit and loss statement and say, did our marketing work this year or not? No, it's like I can log in anytime and say, how did our last $100 do, $1,000 do, $10,000 do? And so I absolutely was just obsessed with that. So I started taking courses with it and I had some friends who were in the internet uh, marketing space and they were like, Hey, can you help me with some ads? I was like, sure. I didn't know what I knew. Um, and they were like astounded by the results and they actually pushed me in. They, they like set up a scheduling page to, for me to start a Facebook coaching program. And um, I, in, I had five sales calls and I closed four out of five into my, into my very first coaching program. And with that, I actually forexed the monthly income I was making from my job. And my mind literally exploded. I was like, wait, what? Like, I like, this is, this is insane. Like my money mindset literally changed in an instant. Um, But it was because I was just kind of following, Ooh, this is cool. This is kind of interesting. I'm going to check this out. I'm going to follow this impression from God. I'm going to put myself out there because my friends are helping me. And then all of a sudden I had um, a Facebook coaching business, which eventually turned into an agency because those coaching clients were like, okay, this is really cool and stuff, but like, you're clearly way better at this than I am. Will you just do it? And I was like, I guess I can do it. And so I did and, and did very well. And so for the last five years, that's, that's what I have been doing. Um, is, is Facebook ads. And I'm, I'm making some shifts right now um, with, with my business because I'm feeling impressed to do so. But it's been, it's been a, a journey, you know, of, of kind of just feeling it out as you go and doing your very best to deliver your very best. And uh, it's, been, it's been awesome. I'm so grateful that I've had the experiences that I've, that I've had so far. Oh, that's so cool. And I, I really like how you keep mentioning these shifts that are happening because kind of like the first shift of you went into more people connection and then kind of got pushed into marketing. And I really like that because it kind of sets the foundation for the next thing. And right now you're making a shift in your business. You're feeling like God has something different in store and you're figuring out what that is. And so what I, it kind of leads into what we want to talk about most primarily here is what did your parents do? How did they um, instill that foundation that you needed right at the beginning to even embark on 
whether it was going to school or really chasing your dreams, what did they do to really ignite that flame inside of you? Yeah. Um, I love that question. And, and since you told me that a couple of days ago, I've actually been thinking about it quite a bit. Um, and I think that there were a number of things that they did that were helpful and a number of things that they did that were not. And so I think it's important to, to discuss both of them. For sure. But that said, I truly believe that every parent is doing their very best with the tools that they have at the time. Um, And those tools are always, there's some that are sharp and amazing. And then there's some that are rusty and not so great, but it's because we're human, you know? And so um, while I'll talk about some things that were helpful and some things that were not like, please note that like, I don't blame my parents for anything. I know they were doing the very best that they could, and my life is my responsibility, you know? And so um, I think that's just really important to note because I think, I mean, I know just from watching my parents, like parent guilt is a very real, yes. <laughs> very, very real thing. I don't have children yet. I really, really would love to have children. Um, and I'm very excited and scared uh, just because I know that I'm imperfect, but I would love the heck out of them. So, <laughs> awesome. um So the first thing that they did is I think my parents created an environment of psychological safety. That that. is like the very, very most foundational basic thing that they did. And what that means to me is that they respected us as human beings. We were allowed to have opinions. We were allowed to have feelings. Um, We were allowed to share our triumphs and our struggles. Um, Everything was acceptable and part of our human experience. And that was very, very important because it allowed us to be able to communicate and feel and experience and not be worried about the repercussions that could happen of us buying into some like, you're doing it wrong if that makes sense, or, or you're, you're doing something bad, right? It was just like, we're, we're, we're all about learning here, you know? So we're, we're learning this together and, and, and we're just going to, we're going to make this happen. And so um, I think uh, one of those, one of those experiences that I, that I can um, share directly into it was um, so in high school, I was, I was heavily into music. Music was like my thing. I, I thought I was going to be a professional musician and um, my parents supported that wholeheartedly. I mean, they made it possible for me to get the the very best teachers and instructors, and but they also like made me responsible. You know, I had to pay for a portion of as much of the lessons as I could on my own, and they totally supported that. And inside, I think they knew that like music wasn't like the end all be all, but because I chose it, they respected that choice and they helped me develop it. And when I was a freshman in college, I um, had some health complications that made it so I couldn't play anymore. And it was devastating to me oh, at the time, no. like just devastating, you know, to, to develop. I had been a, you know, practicing at least four hours a day for many, many years. And it set myself up for, for quite a lot of success. And then when my body just gave out, you know, it, was, it wasn't a choice that I made. It was, it was a choice that was made for me, right? Made for, yeah. for my body. And, um, man, I had a lot of feelings and a lot of anger, truthfully, to sure. yeah. a lot towards um, my, my, myself, a lot towards God, you know, like, how could he let me develop these skills and then take them from me, you know, was my attitude at the time. 
Um, but my parents, the whole time they just stood by me, they continued to stand by me and say, you know, wow, like this is very hard. They were very validating, but they were also like, you're 18 years old. You have the whole, you know, at 18, when that something like that happens, you feel like your life is yes. over, right? <laughs> and, uh, I, they, they stuck with me. And, and as I came out of it, right, they started to say things like, you know, you're really good with people. I think you would have been stifled being behind an instrument your, the rest of your life, you know? And, and then they started to say, we, we always knew that you would do more with people. Now, part of me was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> why didn't you share this with me? But uh, they, you know, they let me be on my own journey. Um, and that was super pivotal. And it's all, it's what's allowed me to have the courage to continue to forge my own path and, and, and do my own thing. So psychological safety to grow was very, very, very important. And part of that, another piece I would just say is that my parents are, they're so good at loving us. So good at loving us. Like they just think that we're the best things that the planet has to offer. And uh, they know our weaknesses, you know, right. They don't like just cover, cover up, but like as human beings, they just think we are the bee's knees. And um, that's made all the difference in the world. You know, when you have the love of a parent, you just, you feel, you feel unstoppable. You know, you're like, well, it doesn't matter what happens because my mom and dad love me, you know, and then they accept me. And so, you know, as, as the, as life setbacks happen, um, I can always fall back on my parents and still, I mean, I'm, I'm 37 turning 38 and I still feel the same way, you know, that I can, I can fall back on them because I know that they love me no matter what. Oh, that's so cool. And I, so much of that just I'm so glad that this is the conversation we're having today because um, most of our listeners are going to be those ones that are coming from estranged families and that heartache of you want you want that relationship with your own parents for sure and that will never go away but what I hear you saying and what's so valuable for our listeners right now is, they can do this for their kids. They can create that psychological safety for their children and really create that bond that um, a lot of parents in that situation, they feel like they're the broken piece, the broken bond, the, that they won't be able to really make things better for the future generations. But what you're saying is it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter if you have fancy things or all the gadgets or all the schooling, like the psychological safety to really experience and be who you are good and bad like that. Oh, I love that. That was so good. Yeah. Well, I, I think my parents are a great example of that, right? My, my dad, my dad's dad left his family when he was 12 and abandoned the family. It's a very sad story. So oh. my dad being the oldest, he became, he became the man of the house at age 12. Right. Wow. Um, and had a very, very tough upbringing, you know? And so he made some conscious decisions to, be present and be different, you know, and, and his, his experience didn't, it wasn't without its baggage for sure. <laughs> but, um, you know, he was, he was way better than his dad was. Um, and my mom came from a very, very authoritarian family. And it's one of the reasons why she's just like, live your life, do whatever <laughs> you want. It. Like she's just, she swung the pendulum the other way. Um, but they both you know, we're like, we, we want to give our kids better than what we got. And even though it's imperfect, I absolutely think that, that they have. And, and I think that that's all parents can do is like, take those lessons that they learned from their families and say, you know, I want to, 
I want to give my, my kid a, a one up and something a little bit better. Oh, I love that. And it's so true that, um, there isn't a child out there that expects perfection from their parent. They just want to be able to learn with them and grow with them and ask questions and really be able to observe the world and figure out why things happened. So that is such a good insight. So that leads me to this question then as somebody who has grown up, left home, been able to chase your dreams in your perspective, do you believe that success as a parent is possible? And what does that mean to you? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, absolutely. I think it's possible. The, the pause that I'm, that I'm giving is what is success, right? I mean, I think a lot of times we get stuck in our stories and our definitions of what X means and X in this instance is success, right? Mm -hmm. I think that, um, you know, when, when I look at, I, I can only speak from my experience, but when I look at, you know, were my parents successful? Um, yes, absolutely. But like, I mean, just to be open and honest, like I'm going, I'm currently, I'm going through like one of the toughest times in my life right now. There, there are just, there are things that are just showing up for me emotionally that are scars that, um, that are not my fault, you know, that are, whether, whether they're picked up from my parents or from multi-generational energies or like whatever, you know, like yeah. whatever people are subscribing to, there are pieces of me that I, that I need to reconcile. And I think that some of them are, you know, like, for example, like because both of my parents came from families that um, were emotionally deficient. Yeah. That for me, it's created in my relationships, a lot, a large degree of codependency, yeah, which is painful. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm in therapy for it right now. Like it's painful, yeah. but I don't blame my parents for passing on codependency. Like, yeah, for me, I'm taking it on myself as a responsibility of, okay, I need to break this generational chain and not pass that on. You know, I, wasn't my fault that I picked it up, but I did. So what am I going to do about it? Um, and so I think 100% my parents were successful because they gave me incredible tools. They taught me how to think for myself. They made a safe place, a loving home. Um, and my mom always said growing up, she always said, you know, I know that one day you're going to need to go to therapy. And when you go, I will sit there with you if you need me to. Oh, that's so cool. You know, she, like she knew that she was imperfect. And I think that's important for parents as well is to just admit that you're not, you know, I think a lot of parents put this pressure on themselves. Like I have to be perfect. And I'll never forget when I realized that my parents were one imperfect and two are going to die one day. Like I like had a breakdown. I, I think I was like 14 and I was just like, what? Oh. Like, oh, I can't believe it. But, um, you know, our, our parents are, are human just like just like we are. And so um, I think if you, if you're, if your children can um, take responsibility for their actions and their feelings, if they can be contributing members of their world, I, don't, I won't even say society because sometimes kids have issues that they can't control, like um, emotional or mental issues that 
are also not their fault that don't make it so they can contribute to society. So I don't even think you can say that that's necessarily a measure of success. Yeah. I think it is for some people, but even the measuring stick is different for everyone, right? Like my measuring stick is different than your measuring stick is different than the next person's measuring stick. And so it's really important that every child has their own measuring stick that is defined by their capacities, their limitations. Yes. Um, Yes. And that's really important. Yeah. And I love how you kind of, even though your parents said like, okay, we know you're going to have to go through therapy and you're going to have to do these things. Like it didn't impede the relationship that you and them created. And I think that is something so valuable for our listeners is just knowing that even though there's these imperfect imperfections that we deal with, that doesn't mean our relationship is bad or we're doing something crazy wrong. It's just part of the human experience. It's part of why we're here of living and learning and making mistakes, owning up to those mistakes and learning from them. So I really Mm -hmm. like that distinction that you made between um, yes, problems happen. There's still things that you're going through and there's things that I see my kids struggling with um, from that estrangement from their my whole side of the family, like it has really done a lot of things that they are having to figure out at young ages and where they fit in the world. And so there is a lot that comes along for our kids going through hard experiences like that, but it's not going to keep them from succeeding in the world. As you have shown with your story, as you've shown with like your dad coming from where he's come from and your mom and And each one of you are breaking those generational curses because you're building off the foundation that you were given and building something new, recognizing the next piece that needs to change and making that step. And that, oh, I just love it. Your whole story. So now I have a few um, just fun questions that I feel like most society really dwells on when they think about parenting in general. So first off, do you know what age you said your first word? Mm, That's a good question. I think it was about two. Okay. My first word was ball. Oh, awesome. And when you said this word, did that, did your parents know right then and there that you were going to be um, successful in everything that you did? (laughs) No ways. I mean, I'm sure they thought, I I think at the time they probably thought I was the smartest person on the planet. Right. I think like any parent does (laughs) when their kid learns to speak. But, uh, but no, no, they did not for sure. Yeah. And I, I think I asked that question is this because so many times, like we focus on the little milestones and things that our kids do thinking like it's a make or break kind of situation. I hope they pass this test or I hope they do these things. Um, so is there anything else that comes to your mind when you think of your future kids and the things that you hope to be able to instill in them that you're focusing on right now? to be that kind of a parent for them? Yeah. Um, I think, so one of the things that I'm kind of personally obsessed right now is, so I've really gotten into meditation this year and a specific kind of meditation called conscious breathing. And what conscious breathing is, is um, so, well, before I talk about that, so often in life, we, when we have discomfort, it's because we are either regretting the past or worrying about the future. Yes. We're not in the present moment. Right. And so we're stuck 
in this time continuum that doesn't exist. The past doesn't exist anymore. The future doesn't exist yet, but yet that's where we live. Yeah. The one of the only things that we could do in the present and we can only ever do it in the present, no matter what is breathing. You can't breathe in the future. Can't breathe in the past. You can only breathe right now. So the kind of meditation that I've gotten into is about connecting with your breath in order to bring your consciousness present. And as you bring your consciousness present, it also will bring up for you things that need to be fixed and resolved and and things that weren't, um, that that are bothering you essentially. And um, one of the things that I believe is that many of the things that bother us are from what's called unintegrated traumas that we had as a kid. I grew up in a very loving, non-abusive, amazing household, yet I still picked up traumas, not because, uh, I mean, yes, my parents were imperfect, but I picked it up because as a kid, they just don't know how to process the world yet. Kids are very emotional beings, right? Like they are like balls of emotional energy that just bounce everywhere. And it's through age and society and taking cues from those around them where they learn this is acceptable behavior. This is not acceptable behavior. Yeah. But to them as emotional creatures, it's very like, it's confusing. And one of the things that I really want to do with my kids is I think that and I, and I do this too often, even like with my, with my nephews is, you know, if they're having an emotion, you know, if, if it's inappropriate to us, we'll say stop. Yeah. Right. And they're just like, well, what? Like I'm having an emotion, you know, I don't want to stop. And it's so hence the tantrums, hence sitting in the corner, like whatever happens, mm-hmm. but I really want to find a way to allow my kids to feel emotions and help them work through the emotions instead of saying, stop, suppress, be normal, like yeah. whatever it is, but like, okay, like let's, let's feel this and let's describe it. I know that you can't, you know, that's very much easier said done in the home than it is like in the middle of target when like your three-year-old <laughs> is like yeah. losing their mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, but as often as possible, I want to be able to help my kids process their emotions define their emotions, understand their emotions, feel their emotions so that as they get older, they know how to emotionally regulate as an adult, not just have these like lingering strings of trauma as a child that follows them into adulthood, if that makes makes sense. Yeah, no, that's beautiful. I love that. And it's, it shows that you're very aware and you are doing such amazing things right now to prepare for that. I can already tell you're going to be an amazing mom. And thank you so much for coming onto the show. And I am just so happy that we were able to have this conversation. And I really do think that so many people will be able to gather all the gems from this. So if there is anything that stood out in this conversation that people are like, holy cow, I want more of your help. I want to know more about what you do. How is the best way for them to reach you? Yeah. So the best place to find me is either on Facebook or Instagram. Being a Facebook person, I'm on there constantly. Um, and so you can just like just like you did, you reached out to me in Messenger. So you're more than welcome to reach out to me on Facebook um, or on Instagram would probably be the easiest way um, to, to just start a conversation. I'm happy to have a conversation with anyone who, who is interested. Oh, incredible. So listeners, if you heard that, message Lasana because you will not want to miss out on meeting this amazing human being who is really out there to help serve her people. So thank you again, and we will see you soon. 
I am so glad that you were able to be here and discover more with us of what it means to be a successful parent. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a rate interview so that we can reach more amazing parents who are looking for ways to truly succeed with their kids too. Find me on Instagram or Facebook at WandaHoward.Live. If you're like, holy cow, this was amazing, but I have so many more questions, then send me a DM with your biggest takeaways and all of your questions. I'll be sure to take care of you. Have an amazing day, and I will see you in our next episode.